cannot receive anything from God. Praise the living Jesus. So please keep your gaze or your focus in life. No matter the bickering, the challenges of life, those challenges are mere processes. Pray for grace to endure hardship, to endure different types of seasons that may show up on your path. No season is meant to be permanent. Every season is a passage. Once you are able to hold onto your faith in times of adversities, in times of plenty, in times of, in times of prosperity or austerity, whichever season you find yourself, if you keep your focus on God and on your vision, honestly one day you will get there. In Genesis chapter 11, we read the story of a group of people that came together to build a tower to reach the heavens. Now, as long as they were focused on the project, if God had not distracted or confused their language, they could have achieved their help. So when people are focused on doing something, it takes God alone to be able to frustrate or scatter it. You know, in Acts chapter 23, verse number 12, about 40 wicked people came together and they banded themselves by an oath that they were neither going to eat nor drink until they have killed Paul. If not for God, they could have achieved that. So that is power in being focused and in being consistent in what you are doing. And I said, don't always quit a venture, a business, an assignment, or a pursuit, except the Lord leads otherwise. May the Lord help us to keep these words in our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let's say amen. amen. Alright, now let's take two more steps further tonight. I'd like for us to go to verse number 12. Verse number 12. Right. 2 Corinthians chapter 34 from verse 12. And the men did the work faithfully and the overseers of them were Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites of the sons of Merari, and Zechariah and Meshulam of the sons of the Kohathites to set it forward. And all that of, of the Levites and all that could skill of instruments of music. Verse 13. Also they were over the bearers of burdens and were overseers of all that wrought the work in any manner of service. And of the Levites there were scribes and officers and porters. Praise the Lord. Now that is supposed to be number four. But you see, I want to make it number three because by the time we see this other one, it will lead us into the place of prayer. So I'm making this number three. When a man, how can a man achieve what God has said about him? What, apart from some of the things we've talked about, what other things must be in place? Right now we're talking about the place of people. Everybody say people. Alright, we are talking about the place of people in actualizing the voice of God over your life. The place of people. Here different types of people were mentioned with different types of assignments to make sure that the prophecy that God had placed over Josiah was fulfilled. He had, he, he had played some of his parts and there, you see, God does not give a man a vision that you alone can handle. It gives you a vision that will help you to develop, to appreciate partnership and relationship. Moses, God called Moses and erased him. And Moses complained to God, you know God, I am a stammerer. I am not eloquent in speech. So why give me this assignment? And Moses kept on complaining about his deficiency. Nobody is perfectly okay, perfectly good. You see, that is why relationship is important. What relationship correct or fix, should correct or fix in your life? Prayer may not fix it. How do I mean? Moses talked to God. Lord, look at my tongue. I can't speak. I'm not a fast speaker. How do I get in, in the presence of a king and I begin to talk like a babbler? It was easy for God who appeared in the, in the, in the burning bush. You know, it was easy for God who parted the Red Sea, who did wrought many, many mighty miracles, who raised the dead in the Bible to say to heal the tongue of Moses. 
But instead for God to perform the healing, he provided a partnership. He said, I have someone. Yes, I have not called him to be the leader. But you see, I have reserved someone to compliment you in your area of deficiency. And that is going to be Aaron. Aaron was Moses' elder brother. He was three years ahead of Moses by birth. But God called him to partner with him in the task of carrying out the commandments and the instructions God has placed before him. The place of people, good people, the place of people in the actualization of our dreams, very, very sacrosanct. And we must see it like that. That is one of the beauties of marriage. When God created Adam, he saw in his life that no matter how vibrant this man, how, how, how dynamic he was, he needed a partner. And God made one that was suitable for him. So we must recognize the power of relationship in whatever we do in life. It is important. That was what God did for Moses. Instead for God to heal him and make him speak eloquently, he provided partnership. So partnership is critical. Very, very important. It's not something we can overlook. In ministry, we need partnership. No matter how dynamic I am, I cannot preach at the same time, beat the drum while I'm singing and while I'm preaching. Someone has to be on this. Another person has to be there. Another person has to be there. No matter how small a vision, it is important that it is premised upon relationship. So each one of us should understand that. And that is why it is always important to pray. When God gives you a vision, and you know this vision, Lord, I need men. I cannot single-handedly fulfill it. I need the support of good people that are going to race with me. Then you pray. It is God who will send them your way. Let me show you one more example in the scriptures before we go to the other part where I would like for us to pray. Now, I want for us to read um, Isaiah. Let's read the book of Isaiah, chapter, Isaiah chapter, chapter 45. Isaiah 45. Isaiah chapter 45. I want us to establish another thing. We are in a situation where God spoke and he needed a man to get it actualized. Isaiah chapter 45. Before we read Isaiah chapter 45, let's start so that the story can make more meaning to us. Let's start from Isaiah chapter 44 and read verse 28. Thus said of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure. Please look at that. He shall perform all my pleasure. What pleasure? If you understand English language in any form, you will discover that when they put a full colon, they want to list or they want to talk more about what's been said earlier. And it's, what is the pleasure? Evil saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built. Thou shalt be built. And to the temple, thy foundation shall be laid. Now let's get to chapter 45 and see the continuity. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two livid gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee, and I will make the crooked places straight, and I will break in pieces the gate of brass, and cut in asunder the bars of hell. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness. It is not wrong to say amen. It's not wrong to say amen in those places. And hidden riches in secret places. That thou mayest know that I the Lord, which call thee by name, I am the God of Israel. Amen. Why was God going to do this? For Jacob, my servant's sake. And for the sake of Israel, my elect. I have even called thee by thy name. I have so named thee. Thou, though thou hast not known me. Look at that. Amen. This man had not known God. He was not an Israeli. But God had a plan for him. He was not yet, he, was, he had not known the God of Israel. He was not an Israeli. As at this time, this prophecy came about 9,500 years before fulfillment. The prophecy had been waiting. Cyrus was not in power at that time if he had been born at all. But you see, God had prophesied, Israel, I'm going to rebuild you. Jerusalem, you are in ruins now. The place was scattered and people had scattered abroad. God said, don't worry. I will bring all your children back. But I'm going to build your city and build the temple that had been destroyed. Whom shall I use? I will raise up a man. His name shall be Cyrus. 
I will bless him for the sake of the assignment I had for him. Ladies and gentlemen, when God is blessing you, he's doing it on purpose. It's for the sake of something. For the sake of his work. For the sake of the people around you. God does not just bless people. He blesses them on purpose. God does not bring people to power for fun, for the fun of it. He brings them to power on purpose. Whatever God is doing in your life, He's doing it on purpose. It is important for you to know that, for me to know that, wherever you find yourself today as the head of department in a particular faculty or department, as the head of a community, as the chief here, as this and that, wherever you find yourself, God is doing it on purpose. He's doing it on purpose. When God blesses you with resources and whatever, He's doing it on purpose. When a job comes your way, it's a miraculous appointment. God is, it's a divine setup. There's no coincidence in God's plan. It's a divine setup. And we must recognize that so that we don't lose the purpose of whatever God is doing through us. Are you really following me? Are you sure? Alright. If you follow me now, then let's go. Now, this man, the prophecy came. Two prophecies. Number one, God was going to rebuild Jerusalem and bring them back. Number two, he was going to raise a man that would perform that. Even though that man had not known the Lord. The promise was already waiting. Alright? Now, let's take a few steps further. Let's listen to Jeremiah. Jeremiah also gave a prophecy. Jeremiah 25. Jeremiah chapter 25. I'm going to read two passages there. Jeremiah 25, verse number 12. And it shall come to pass. Everybody say, it shall come to pass. Say it now. Say it shall come to pass. Every wonderful promise of God for your life shall come to pass. Uh, uh, you are not here with your amen this morning. I said they will come to pass. And it shall come to pass when 70 years are accomplished. Every affliction a child of God, God goes through is timed. No child of God is meant to suffer forever. It's a season. It's what? It's a season. God said 70 years. Israel is 400 years. Here, 70 years. Accomplished that I will punish the king of Babylon. And that nation said the Lord for the iniquity and the land of Chaldees and I will make it a perpetual desolation and I will bring upon the land all my words which I have pronounced against it even all that is written in the book which Jeremiah are prophesied against all the nations chapter 30 Jeremiah 30 and verse 3 now Bible says for lo the days come saith the Lord that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah Said the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. God has said it through Isaiah. And in fact, God gave the, a name to Isaiah, someone he was going to use to accomplish it. Now, Jeremiah was corroborating the prophecies here in this passage. Let us see how this God actualized. In Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 36. Please follow me again. Praise the Lord. I like to study the word of God very well. The word of God is real. There is nothing magical about it. There is no confusion about it. God says it and he makes it happen. He says it and he makes it happen. He says it and he sees that it is done. Second Chronicles chapter 36 from verse 21. To fulfill the word of the law by the mouth of Jeremiah. Look at that. The prophecy that Jeremiah gave that Isaiah also gave many, many years ago in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbath. For as long as he lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill three scores and ten years. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, do you see that? Cyrus, whom the Lord said he was going to raise, now the Lord has raised Cyrus and he had given him, let's see the testimony from Cyrus himself, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished the second time that it is repeated. <laughs> Most of the times you see some people do some things. They are, they are raised by God to fulfill prophecy. If you can say, hey man, let me prophesy. All the people you need that to, to fulfill God's prophecy, God's agenda for your life, the Lord will raise them in the mighty name of Jesus. They will deliver the task in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray again, whatever God has raised you up to fulfill in life, 
in the lives of men, it will give you the resources to do it. It will give you the platform to do it. It will give you the power to do it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, it did it for this man of God, this Cyrus, in order to fulfill prophecy. <laughs> Whatever God is doing, he's doing it on purpose. That the prophecy might be accomplished. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia. That he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus said Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth as the Lord God of heaven given me. And he had charged me, look at that, he had given me the charge, a command, a mandate, not a counsel, not an advice, a charge, a command. And he had charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you? All of his people. The Lord is God be with him. And let him go up. Somebody say amen. Look at this. God spoke about what he wanted to do. He spoke about the people he was going to use to accomplish it. When it was time, 70 years were over. God had already raised that man. He gave him the platform and the resources. As at this time, Persia was the strongest kingdom in that entire place. Every other kingdom was like a subordinate to it. If, as a matter of fact, at the point in time, even Babylon looked up to them. was a very, very great, very, very great empire. God gave him the platform. God gave him the resources. God gave him the position to fulfill the prophecy that had been waiting many, many times, many, many years before him. Oh, I wish and I pray that God will enlighten our understanding. We'll be able to understand what we are saying this evening in the wonderful name of Jesus. What I am saying is this. If God's word will come to pass in our lives, He has positioned some people as our destiny helpers. Alright? Some people that He will use to actualize the plans and the purposes. Nobody is up today that can say God has never used any human being for me. I don't know them. Maybe it's only counsel they hovered him or her. And his ways were cleared. Alright? In Genesis chapter 37, verse 1, the Lord spoke. The Lord talked about Joseph. And at a point in time in Genesis 37, God told him what he wanted to do with his life. Fine. And a time came that he had to go on the mission. On the mission that will see him fulfill God's dream for his life. But he got to a place in Genesis chapter 37 verses 14 and 15. Bible said, Joseph did not know where to turn to. He was wandering. Was walking around in the desert aimlessly. He didn't know where to turn to. At that point, Bible says, one man appeared and he showed him the way. So Joseph can never tell us that for his dreams to be fulfilled, man played no role. It's not possible. Somebody mentioned his name to the king. Do you remember the story? Right? Somebody misbehaved and pushed him to the prison. Look, negative and positive things at times, they work together for good. All things work together for good. For the who? For those who love the Lord. That is the verse of the Bible I fear most. All things, positive, negative. All things. When Judas was betraying Jesus, it was part of the redemption plan. All things work together for good. So when some people do some things for you, they, this, they, 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 they strip you of your job, they do this, they do that. You see, if in the end you pray and let God walk through the situation, it's going to work for your good. Somebody say, hey man, it's going to work for your good someday. It may take a little time, but it will work for your good. And here, so when you see, you see people in the scripture, even in the redemption process, the greatest miracle of all time, was the miracle of redemption on the cross of Calvary. Look, was it accomplished without the, the use of men? No. Somebody betrayed Jesus. Somebody had to deny Jesus. Somebody had to take care of Jesus' mother. Somebody, Simon of Siren, had to appear when Jesus was weak to help him carry the cross. Someone had to go to Pilate and say, Give me the cross, the dead body. I want to bury. Someone had to do all those things. Angels didn't do those. If in the redemption process, for the promise of redemption to be fulfilled, men played great roles, then how much less? So at this point, let me pray for you. And I shall pray for myself. That those men you need in your life, 
that will show up at every stage of your life to take away stress and tension. The men you need, the women you need, they will surface. I said they will surface. They will surface. In the mighty name of Jesus. They will surface. In the mighty name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's take one or two prayer points from that. Amen? Oh God. Amen? Alright. A woman in the scriptures in 2 Kings chapter 4. He had all the money she needed. She had almost everything she needed. But she had no child. Money can't take the place of your child. Childlessness. Barrenness does not cause any physical pain. But the traumatic, the psychological pain it causes is terrible. It's terrible. If there is anyone here under the sound of my voice, trusting God for the fruit of the womb, either directly you are the person or someone connected to you, your son, your son-in-law, your daughter-in-law, your, wherever they are, the hand of the Lord will touch them. If the Lord will cause their wombs to open, in the mighty name of Jesus, we rebuke barrenness for their sake. We rebuke sterility in the name of Jesus. And there shall be testimonies very soon. In the name of Jesus. Somebody say, I receive it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What was I saying? You see, God, when he's working out a plan, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. That woman saw Elijah, the man of God. I was always going and coming. So Elijah going and coming. And he told the husband, this man of God is a true prophet. He's always walking around. Let's get him a room in our place, maybe in our BQ, so he can take some rest when he comes. Put in a bed, put in a pillow, put in a chair. We have that. And the husband agreed. And the man, Elisha, came in. The day Elisha entered into that house, little did the woman know that a solution had entered. God set up that platform for the sake of the woman. For the sake of that woman. And immediately the man of God got there after some time. He said, what shall we do for this woman? Gehazi saw. Maybe the only correct vision Gehazi ever saw in his life. He said, this woman had no child. After that he was saying rubbish. Oh, lonely. Mm, he was saying rubbish. So, okay, call him for me and I'm praying for the woman. The woman accepted. And the woman gave birth. The enemy came back again. He knocked the child. The, guys, the boy shouted, oh, my head, my head. And he died. But you see, God was still there. The boy came back to life. See, the day that woman was doing it, wow. The woman must have prayed some prayers. God must have seen some things in the life of this woman and said, a woman like this is not expected to die childless. With these fatures, she's a giver. She's a love of God. She loves people of God. She loves the work of God. We need to compensate her. How shall we do it? Let us plant this man of God into our house at least for short, short time. Ha. Ah. Someone is here. If you can pray, just say, just pray this prayer. Oh my God. Those people that should come your way, that will help, help you fulfill your dreams, wherever they are, God Almighty will bring you together. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I said, God Almighty will raise them. And we bring you together with them. Say amen if you believe it. Somebody say, my father, my father. Say, my father, my maker. In the name of Jesus. Please connect me with my destiny. Help us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Pray like that. Pray like that one minute. Lord, connect me. Until those, all the people that I need in my life. Until all those revelations come to pass. Until my dreams come to pass. In this church, we need them. <laughs> we need them. We need them. Lord, rest resourceful people. Resourceful people. People who have what I lack. Make me meet them. Connect us together. In the mighty name of Jesus, connect us. Connect us. Connect us. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Just one more, then I'll allow you to sit down. I'll take the second point. Amen? Alright. Father Abraham was in heaven. Lazarus was on his bosom. And that rich man who didn't accept Jesus went to hell. He was permitted to see them. 
And he spoke so audibly that Abraham heard. Father Abraham, please, send Lazarus. Alright? Know the way he used to give orders when he was in the world. He still gave orders. Send Lazarus to come and just a tip of his hand. And draw some water on my tongue. Because of the thirst air is killing. And Abraham looked and said, oh boy, even if we had, we had wanted to do, that is a gulf. Those of us who have help, surrender, can't come. Those of you who have need to meet, you can come. Therefore, I wanted to pray. Every gulf between me and my benefactor, between me and my helper, Lord, close it tonight. Pray like that in the match in the match. Are you really praying? Are you really praying? If you know this is the best you want, you, are, you, you can be in life, don't pray. But if you know you can still be better than you are today, I want you to pray. Every God between me and my destiny help us. Sisters, pray. Every God between me and the, and the will of God for my life and my helper, my helpmate. Lord, fill it up in the name of Jesus. Let your mercy fill it. Let your mercy fill it. You are not supposed to be suffering in the midst of abundance. You are surrendered by people who can be of help to your vision. People who can finance your dreams and your ideas. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, rest them unto me. Somebody pray. Rest them unto me. Fill the gulf by the power of your name until I become powerful. To the point that I'm also resting people in the name of Jesus. Father, please help me. Father, send me out in the name of Jesus. Lord, send me up in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Say, say a powerful amen. One more time, say a believing amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now, we've seen the third, let's see the fourth before we call it a day tonight. Back in Second Chronicles chapter 34. Chapter 34. And I'd like to read verses 3 and 4. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And they break down the altars of Baalim in his presence. And the images that were on, on high above, him, above them, he cut them. And the groups and the carved images and the molten images, he break in pieces and made dust of them and strove it upon the graves of them that are sacrificed unto them. Verse number 5, let me hear that. And he burns the bones of the priests upon their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. That verse 5 was the exact prophecy that was given about him 300 years ago in First Kings chapter 13. He fulfilled it in that verse number 5. But you see, verses 3 and 4 suggest that he had a he was conscious of the spiritual of spiritual warfare. He engaged in what I call strategic spiritual warfare. When you are trusting God for fulfillment of some promises of God in your life, you must engage in strategic spiritual warfare. Very, very important. Very very important. Now, if you go backward a little bit and you read about Haman, his father, and you read about Manasseh, his grandfather, you will discover that that was the point where they missed it. They are commit the altars they refused to pull down, eventually pulled them down. But this man discovered what frustrated his father and his grandfather, and he decided to uproot it. He didn't look away from them. He did it consciously. Some of us, when we talk about spiritual warfare, we are so naive to think that, no, there's no demon anywhere, there's no evil spirit anywhere, no witchcraft anywhere. Everybody is the architect of his own problem, my friends. That is a lie. I am not teaching 
that you should develop excessive warfare mentality. There are two extremes about spiritual warfare that believers should run away from. Number one extreme are those who have excessive warfare mentality. They see demon everywhere. When they see cockroaches in the house, they say, oh, there's a demon here. Witchcraft. When they see cobwebs in the kitchen, they say, witchcraft are here. When they see wall deco flying from the roof, they say, ah! You understand? So that is excessive warfare mentality. People who have that kind of mentality believe that every dream is spiritual. Not all dreams are spiritual. Some dreams are products of our anxieties, imaginations, and excessive thoughts, excessive thinking. That's what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 28, I think verses 8 to 9. He said, your dreams, which you cause yourself to dream. I'm not going to dreaming issues today because I wrote a lot of chapters and I read about close to 22 books, foreign and local, about dreams and dream philosophy. So let's not go in there. But I am striking a point. Not all dreams have spiritual dimensions. Not all aged people are witches. Not all light-skinned, beautiful sisters are married. Be careful of excessive warfare mentality. Stop seeing demons everywhere. Alright? Some of us, when it is time to praise and worship and receive from God, you don't get to hear your voice. But when we are binding demons... You know all the names of demons in your head. Alright? You know that of Ashtoge. You know that of Abadion. You know Apollyon. You know this and that. My friends, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. I don't want to know the name of witches and witchcrafts. Whatever has a name has a boss. And Jesus is the boss of all. Alright? So I don't bother myself about names or all these Asmodis, whatever. I don't bother myself about them. The name of Jesus is enough for us. Amen? So, don't kill yourself. Memorizing names of demons and evil spirits. You don't need all those ones. Alright? Don't, don't. Don't start. Therefore, it's not everywhere. For God's sake, Satan only spoke for only four times in the Bible. Only four times. Satan spoke four times in the Bible. But God speaks on every page of the scripture. Even where the name God was not mentioned, the acts of God were visible. So you have to see less of God and, I mean, more of God and less of demons. So don't develop excessive warfare mentality. Alright? The second extreme are those who are completely naive. They don't believe when you're talking about binding and loosing to them, it looks to them as if it's extra biblical. Why are we binding? What are we doing? You see, just walk in holiness and everything will be fine with you, my friends. That shows you are, most, you are more spiritual than Jesus. That shows you know more scriptures than Paul, who says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness in their places. Right? So it is important that we strike the balance. And what is the balance? There is a God who is supreme above all. There is a Satan who does not want any believer to end well. And there is a believer that has been given dominion over Satan and his powers. Just strike the balance. Alright? So, this man was conscious enough. He dealt with the forces that dealt with his parents and his grandparents. No wonder he was able to fulfill God's plan and purposes for his life. Now, tonight, we shall be doing some strategic praying. And the Lord, in his mercy, will stand and fight for us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say, Amen. When God speaks, when God gives you a promise, Satan is aware. If you want to ask why, go to Matthew chapter 4. And you see Satan 
quoting copiously from the scriptures. So he is aware of every promise. He's aware of what God has said about you and to you. He knows it. When God is showing you something, when God is sending your answers, the answers to your prayer, Satan knows. If you want to find out how, go and ask Daniel. When God was sending the results of his prayers, Satan, agent of darkness, withstood it and held up to it. Thank God for divine intervention. Even the Easterlies did not get to the promised land without fighting some giants. Beginning from Egypt, I mean from Egypt, until they got to the promised land. So we must know that if you want to process God's promise, we need to be conscious of spiritual warfare. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, David inquired of the Lord, verse number 6, 7 and 8, Shall I go up? Shall I pursue these people? Will I overtake them? God said, Rise, pursue. You will overtake them and you will recover all. But God didn't tell him he was going to fight. But when he got there to recover all, for that which God said to come to pass, Bible said David started fighting from night to dawn. He fought all through the night and he got everything back. Why didn't he get there and say, Father, I'm here. And I said, Go, so God, send your angels to start fighting. Alright? For you to be able to possess God's plan for your life, to achieve your dreams, to achieve God's visions for you, you must do strategic spiritual warfare. Identify the powers and the forces of darkness working against you and deal with them. If you don't deal with them, they will deal with you. And some of us, that is where we are. As far as God is concerned, some of us are supposed to have gone beyond where we are. The words of God are ever potent, powerful, and full of integrity. But one of the prices God is expecting you to pay is to pray. To pray, deal with every obstacle. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, Paul said, I wanted to come to you, even I, Paul. The first time, the second time, but Satan hindered me. Look at that. The first time, the second. That was Paul. That was Paul, a mighty man of God, who had almost every knowledge about spiritual warfare. Ladies and gentlemen, as far as spiritual warfare is concerned, we have nothing to fear. Because God is the commander-in-chief in the battle of life. And he has given us the name of Jesus to subdue the fiery touch of the enemy. I will be deceiving myself that I will go and preach in a particular village, town, campus, and I will just enter like that. You can't get into the house of a powerful man without first of all binding. That's what Jesus Christ taught us. You have to bind. You have to pray. Otherwise, you won't be able to take the territory. You will not. You'll be able to take the territory. We were doing something in a particular area in the city. And we discovered that people were not showing up. And we had put so much in it. Then I listened to people. I said, what is happening around here? They said, you got a wrong location. I said, the land and the fullness thereof belong to God. Wrong location, how? They said some things normally breathe mysteriously in that building. Any time from a particular hour in the night to middle of the night, says, so, don't you see that everybody abandoned that building? The building was abandoned in 1988 until we took it over in 2004. You see the length of time. So, it was surrounded by a very thick bush and a very deep gully. And it was God who spoke to me that, Son, I am giving you this place. And I told them, I said, You don't know me. I carry anointing to turn desolate places around. I said, I carry that grace. I will go back to the man, to the God who showed this place to me. And my friends, 
No, started coming around and I said, all right, you shouldn't have started here. I said, but God said, I should start in this place. God who told me to start here was really aware that there were some forces to battle. I said I was not expected to come and meet empty place. God told the Israelis, the promised land is not empty. The Omerans, <laughs> the giants were there. Good luck to you. If you get there, for me, I will take you there and I will start watching. And when they got there, they fought until they subdued the giants. I said, Lord, there are giants here. No wonder nobody wanted to come around here. I said the building, they said the building was breathing mysteriously. This one was saying it. In fact, some of my friends stood away from, from, from the place. My family members, that made me to know this is a serious matter. This business won't thrive except something a sensitive spiritual operation goes on around here. So I told my people, Munishede, but me let it go and one more long I will go there in the night. I want to hear the breathing myself. We cleared the place, we did everything necessary in the middle of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought you were there. The breathing was so heavy that you will be shivering. Then how could a house be breathing? Where were the demons? Number one, I had two options. I was already there. So for me to run home, I fall into the hand of the night guards. So I would better have to stay there tonight. So I said, wow. Then what will I do? Then I took that torch light. I started going from the building as uh, the man of God knows the place very well and the wife. As six flats. Six flats, four bedroom flats, four bedroom each. So it's a very big building. I began to check from one place to another with Bible in my hand, touch light. Pray no matter of prayer. Sakatarapa Sanda Eketebo Sotoria. All manners of prayer. All manner of prayers. When I got to the place that was vibrating, it was like the the decking was shaking. Ah! So I stood. I couldn't go inside again. And I began to pray. Lord, what could be breathing here? So I saw one block. I used it to force the door open. The moment I opened them, I say, house. Very big ones. They had been there for many years unchallenged. So everyone in the city since 1988 had been running away from Owiwi. My God. This building, centrally located, I'm a man of God, on the main road, T Junction, with proximity to Lautech and to Teaching Hospital, very good location. Oh, that's the problem with some of us. Some of us, accident you call me fear. What you cook, jam. Those you can see, yeah, fair. When you talk about your pay in your load, you will be a neighbor that they are terrible. So, by the girl, we will last Sunday, a meeting will be relocated. I started stoning them. Blood of Jesus. Start stoning them. Start stoning them. Some of them were flying out through the window, this and that. When they left, no room. Nothing was vibrating. So the second day I told the mechanic around, we are betting so. Oh, we winning Dumbio. A month later, close. Oh, we win Dumbio. So, we're about to pa. Oh, but they barbecue so the battle didn't be past seven. Some of them came back. As we were stoning them, you know, those people were able to kill some of them. That was the last time they ever showed up in that building. And that was the end of the building. Ah. When the building was not going again, people got to know. It was the same mechanic voice and people that were saying, Ah, I saw we, we long me. And the news went around. And people started identifying with us. They thought we had one superpower 
that had changed the spirit of the dead that was offering, we will win. Most of the times, we die ahead of death. Because we do not have courage and firm belief in the word we carry. You have different versions of the Bible, but little word of God in your life. That is, you are doing yourself injustice. That was the end. If you are doing any business, I challenge you. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. At another time, some people who felt threatened, they started coming with t- terrible, terrible rituals and sacrifices. And people in the environment will call us, Pastor, this and that. I will talk to my people. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We were born. We pray over them and born. When they were tired, maybe they ran out of cash. They didn't show up again. At a point, I want to look at my hair. If we, yes, I think that's just common sense. What he broke. And consciously we began to pray. The little way we could do it. Prayer is not all about how long it is, how well. We shall pray tonight. There are forces of darkness contending with you. They will give way tonight. I cannot hear your amen. They will give way tonight. My brothers, they will give way tonight. My sisters, they will give way tonight. Mommies and daddies, they will give way tonight. Stand to your feet. Every force of darkness that does not want the will of God, the word of God to come to pass concerning you. Many, many things God has shown you. You don't see them come to pass yet. Some forces are sharing boundary with you. Look, two otters don't speak in a place. It is the stronger one that speaks. That was one. This, this man pulled an every strange altar. I said to someone here, every evil altar in the realm of the spirit that has been raised in the realm of the spirit to sacrifice your destiny, the destiny of your children, to pull down your business, your ministry, tonight they will begin to crumble like the altars of Jeroboam. They will crumble. In the mighty name of Jesus, every evil altar will crumble. Altars of witchcraft will crumble. Altars of perennial sickness will crumble. Altars of disappointment, failure will crumble. In the name of Jesus, somebody say fire. I should pray here. If there are strange altars in this environment militating against this church, tonight they will crumble. Come to an end tonight. 
all activities that spirit of death pursuing you, fear pursuing you, sickness that has refused to go. I want you to pray. Come to an end in my life in the name of Jesus. Come to an end in my life in the name of Jesus. Someone pray. Come to an end in my life in the name of Jesus. Lord, let all activities of the wicked come to an end in my life tonight. Tonight, in the name of Jesus. Not tomorrow, tonight. The coming together of the host of darkness over my life come to an end tonight. I scatter you tonight. I scatter you tonight. I disarm you tonight. Every evil conspiracy against my destiny, I scatter you tonight. Against the plan of God for my life, I scatter you tonight. Every evil conspiracy, I scatter you tonight in the name of Jesus. Someone pray. Someone pray. Mm. Someone pray. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Say after me, say whatsoever. Whosoever. We know want me to go up. We know what the word of God in my, to, to come to pass in my life, in my family, in my business, in my ministry. Begin to come down for me. Begin to come down for me. Begin to pray like that in the name of Jesus. Pray, pray, pray. All the forces, all the powers that will not want the word of God to come to pass. That will not want me to fulfill God's plans for my life. Come down for me. All the powers that said I will not, I will not go up. Come down for me. In the name of Jesus. Please come down for me. In the name of Jesus. Someone pray. Someone pray. Come down for me. Uh, uh, pray, 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 pray. Come down for me. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Say after me. Say every power. Visible or invisible. Standing on my way. To the promised land. Standing on my way. To prosperity. To success. To honor. I command you. Give way. In the name of Jesus. Oh yeah, begin to pray like that. Begin to pray. Let them give way. As a sister. Every demon. Every power. Standing between you. And your marital life. I want you to pray. Give way. In the name of Jesus. Give way. Give way. Give way. Give way. Give way. Just two more after that. Two more prayer points after that. Pray, pray, pray. Whatever power, whatever spirit, whatever force of darkness standing against God's plan and purpose for my life. Give way in the name of Jesus. Give way, give way, give way, give way, give way, give way. In the name of Jesus. Rabba karaba sakataya. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. So every evil utter, I cannot hear your voice. I want you to shout this every evil utter erected in the realm of the spirit against my rising. Against my success, against my breakthrough, against my family, begin to collapse like the altar of Jeroboam. Oh, you pray like that in the name of Jesus. Every water, altar of poverty, of delay, of disappointment, of frustration, of mysterious losses. Begin to pray. I command you to collapse, 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 collapse. Altar of premature death. Altar of accident and calamity. Disappear. Collapse in the name of Jesus. Collapse in the name of Jesus. Someone please pray. Collapse, 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 collapse. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Say after me, say every evil giant. I cannot hear your voice. Say every evil giant. 
on the land of my inheritance today in the name of Jesus I release the power of the Holy Ghost to consume you every evil giant standing against me to oppose me to contend with me Holy Ghost fire oh, you are praying that that's in the name of Jesus that's the last one pray every evil giant standing on the land of my inheritance I release the power of the Holy Ghost upon you in the name of Jesus. Please, please pray, please pray, please pray, please pray. Please pray. If all the explanations made any sense to you, now pray. Josiah pulled down all those altars. You two pulled them down. Ezekiah pulled them down. King Asa pulled them down. All those kings who are successful pulled down, they all pulled down the altars of the devil. Every altar that has been raised on, in the realm of the spirit to sacrifice destinies in this church, in all our families, we pull you down in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Now prophesy to yourself, say from tonight, I have become unstoppable. In the name of Jesus. I will enter into God's plan, fulfill God's purpose. For my life, I am unstoppable. One more time, say, I am unstoppable. No power of hell, no scheme of man shall be able to stop me from advancing and from rising. From advancing and from rising in the name of Jesus. Say, Amen, powerfully. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know who you are, but God knows you. You have been feeling in your spirit that you have been facing some spiritual resistances over time. Because everything humanly possible to break through, you seem to have done everything. But you don't know the forces and the powers that have been resisting you. Tonight, by the power and authority in the name of Jesus, all those forces begin to give way. They begin to give way. They will begin to give way in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. No power of hell, no scheme of man shall be able to stop you in the mighty name of Jesus. From tonight, from tonight, from tonight, you are rising, you are advancing, you become unstoppable in the mighty name of Jesus. Every evil giant, every agent of darkness, evil altar, powers of the enemy, principalities, powers, forces, spiritual wickedness in high places, are contending with you, contending with your businesses, your ministries, your mission, your families, your children, your husbands, your wives, by the mercy of the Lord, begin to crumble before you tonight. They begin to crumble around you tonight. In the name of Jesus, every evil altar erected anywhere in this vicinity, all territorial demons, all regional spirits around this environment militating against this church. Tonight, we announce your destruction in the name of Jesus. We command you to give way. Give way. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up. Ye everlasting doors that the King of glory may enter. I ask in the name of Jesus that every pseudo altar, every astral altar, every evil altar, every demonic power, every evil power in the realm of the spirit controlling the minds and the lives of people against the counsel of God in this environment. Give way in the name of Jesus. Give way in the name of Jesus. Give way in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Every altar of death, disaster, accident, calamity raised in the realm of the spirit upon which they want to sacrifice or left your, your destinies and any, that of anyone connected to you tonight, they have been pulled down. In the mighty name of Jesus. Go and fulfill destiny. Go and achieve God's plans. Go and fulfill your dreams. In the name of Jesus. You become unstoppable. You become a barrier breaker. In the name of Jesus. You become a line crosser. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jehovah. We give you all the glory, Lord. We give you all adoration. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name, we pray. Let me hear three powerful amen.
Amen. Hallelujah. What do we have tomorrow night? Eh? Yes, we have impartation and anointing service. The power that is commensurate with the task before you. That's what God wants to give you. The might of the Holy Spirit. In the energy of the flesh and by the hands of flesh shall no man prevail. It takes the grace of God, the power of God. The anointing of God is better experienced than explained. So, let's meet in the presence of God tomorrow night as the Lord imparts us and loads us with His power and His grace in the mighty name of Jesus. And after that, you become unstoppable. You become immovable. You become a threat to the angels of darkness. They will hear your voice or the voice, the sound of your car, they disappear. Because the Lord has put your terror on them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. They will come against you in one way. In how many ways will they flee? Say say it loud and clear now. In how many ways? They will flee in many ways. Either their doors or windows. They will disappear from you. Because the power of God is coming afresh upon our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah.